Your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. presentation with mike and ethan or elf will not be seen tonight oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy oh boy i was just so not prepared for what we are going to talk to about tonight it was i i threw out this idea like hey you know we haven't done a garfield in a while what else have we got oh we got the the one where he goes camping the one where it's his birthday the one where they go to hollywood what's this garfield gets real oh this looks interesting um yeah uh so i think we picked it literally just because it was free on youtube yeah. and and easy to watch um i i i was not, i did not know what really was going in i had a vague idea from the title what it was going to be but it was not but that that was not what we that got was not it at all it, that, what it suggests it and what it actually is are two extremely different things uh <laughs> i i i would say that this is the most demented thing that we have watched definitely for this show possibly one of the most demented things i have seen uh, in my life this is this was just you just it was it was just you felt like you were going you were just losing your mind the entire time this was going on i was i have I'm very happy because just yesterday they finally launched a movie that I have wanted riff tracks to do for years. The Gumby movie, Gumby number one. This is even weirder. Uh, is it the Gumby movie an actual movie or is it just like episodes of Gumby stitched together? The Gumby like, movie you know, is a movie. literal theatrical film made by Art Clokey very late in his career in which, uh, First, Gumby and Pokey fly to Earth in the form of monoliths, and then they seem to rejoin their normal life as if they were never they were never just generated by an alien's TV. And then we go on to this plot about how Gumby is going to put on a farm workers benefit concert with his band, the Clayboys, and he hey, good for him. And he has a dog named named Lowbelly who weeps pearls whenever he sees Gumby uh, dancing on stage. Oh, is now, Gumby does canonically have a dog in the series. I don't remember him named Lowbelly or uh No, he no, I thought his dog was named Nope. Yeah. Because his dog would always go nope, nope. Yeah, like I guess right? I guess, you know, much like uh much like our theory about uh peanuts in Doonesbury, dogs don't live that long. Gumby had to get a new dog. <laughs> oh jeez, that's a that's yeah. a downer. Were there any groupies in this? Yes. Uh, there are two there are two groupies. Oh, there uh, one of them is a gingerbread girl, and the other I forget her name. She's this blue girl named Tina or something. And <laughs> no, 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 Grooby. Oh, oh, yes, the Grooby is also in it, and they do not explain oh, okay. yeah. the Grooby at all. So if you're not 
intimately, granularly familiar with the Gumby lore, it's just going to seem like, what? What happened? Um, you know, uh, that's a little bit like tonight's film, except I'm also going to say that if you are intimately familiar with Garfield lore, of which there's really none, uh, you still will not be prepared. If you're for intimately this, familiar so. with Garfield lore, it makes even less sense. Yes. Um, so the name is Garfield Gets Real. So this is when Garfield stops being nice and starts getting real. <laughs> as, um, but here's the thing. So so when you heard the title Garfield Gets Real, what were you expecting? I was expecting happen? a story, a combination CGI live action hybrid in which we get to see the cartoon character Garfield interacting with the real world in the same way that the that the uh, the live action Garfield movies worked, except this was about Garfield escaping the comics and entering the real world for whatever reason. This That's not what we get here. Right. No, uh, we don't. Um, so the, the way I, I guess like, here's the thing. So it, we knew it was going to be kind of a meta narrative, you know, of Garfield, basically the, the fictional world world of Garfield interacting with the real world in some way. And I think usually um, what I was expecting is, is one of two things, because uh, usually when that happens in, in stories, uh, you either get kind of a Roger Rabbit type thing where it's like, oh, you know, the characters are actually actors putting on and the comic that you see is their performance. And we're going to see behind the scenes of them being actors or it's going to be like the, the comic is like an alternate universe where all the fiction is real and they're going to pop through into our universe and be like, whoa, I'm a, I'm a, I have a comic strip here, <laughs> you know? And it's a very, instead, it's a very weird combination of both of those ideas with a lot of other weird stuff that also doesn't really hang together. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, so they live in like this world of fictional characters, but... I don't think it's necessarily a world where everyone's a comic strip. No, because they also have like behind the scenes people who help them put it on. Like, like I said, they're actors in comic strips and there are other people in the comic world who don't appear in comic strips, but just sort of exist as support staff. And presumably there's a whole other world of people doing other stuff as well. You know, so, so if you're um, familiar with the book, not the movie who censored Roger Rabbit, this will sound familiar because that's how the tunes worked in that, uh, in that book, instead of being actors on stage, they were photographed and even their words were photographed because they spoke in literal word balloons. But this one takes it to the next level and they live in this parallel universe inside the newspaper or no, wait, the, the newspaper is just like the portal or something. The, the newspaper is sometimes the portal, but other times it's clear that they're look Okay, okay. So, so... <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 at, okay, nothing about this makes any sense. And every time that I thought I had a handle on what the world of, what the universe of this movie was, they would just make something new up. <laughs> Uh, as we're going through. That is exactly... It's going to be very... I'm going to say right about now, if you've ever participated on a mud or or a muck or a mush, any of those role-play servers where everyone's in character and you just make shit up on the fly, that's what this is like. Yeah, it's very much like that. Um, In fact, you know, the... the, uh, Ethan, I don't know if you've had this experience, but what it reminded me of 
is if you've ever been at like a family reunion and uh, like some distant relative approaches you and they're all like, oh, hey, Ethan, I heard that you draw comics. Well, I got an idea for a comic <laughs> and they'll just pitch you, you know, just something completely deranged. And and if they were like and here and, and, you know, if they were a, a person who understood like narrative flow or had, you know, were, were creative or, you know, as we think of a, a person who might do that, they would understand like, no, that makes no sense. And they would come up with something much more mundane and well trod. But because they don't, they come up with something just completely bizarre, but also very singular. And that's kind of what this felt like, um, which kind of made me surprised at the very end when it turns out it's it's written by Jim Davis himself. I, I believe it. This this feels, you know, Jim Davis has a much wilder imagination than uh, Garfield suggests. But I mean, there's just no rules here. <laughs> Yeah, it reminded me of that when you mentioned that non that never made Garfield theatrical film where suddenly the animals can yeah. talk. Yeah, like just the idea that like Jim Davis is that willing to just throw rules, you know, other the, the rules that he's established like just completely out the window. Um, it's it's wild. It makes me wonder okay, if working with Jim Davis is like I don't know working with John Christopher or something where he has all this wild ideas and they have to kind of hammer him down. Like, no, no, something simpler. Oh my God. Just imagine that he's like, he's, he's in his Muncie studio, just like, just, just, just jumping around like Jodorowsky or something. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just like this whole time. Cause you know, he always looks like such a normal guy whenever you, you see him or hear him talk, but I mean, he's a far boy from Muncie. How like how wacky can he be? But just think of in real life that he has he's, a, he's just the wild man. He has man. a face from a Renaissance painting. He's the honest, honest tradesman at the tavern. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, my God. So should we try and explain the physics of, of the world that Garfield lives well, in? The first thing we see is the world being created. Yeah, that was actually pretty interesting because we see as the world is sorry, the, the sun is rising, like as the sunlight sweeps across the landscape, like trees pop out of the ground, houses burst into being. Uh, it just it's the world just yeah. starting. Yeah, I, like you said, I felt I felt like a music video was about to be happen. Like uh, Garfield was uh, gonna come out like uh, come out like uh, Hey there, Mister Blue, or something like that. <laughs> Okay, so so the first of all, it, it, what we learn, the first thing we learn is this is the world of where Garfield yeah. lives, right? It's the world of, of I guess, a, imagination, because it's not the world just of comic strips. He needs a lot of other... No. I, I mean, one of the first place where I yelled, what the hell is going on, and not the last, was where Garfield is driving to work, well, being driven to work, and there's mm -hmm. a piano walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a superhero just flying around. There's like a green cat chasing some mice, you know? Um, it's, it's, yeah. So it is a world, like you said, it appears to be a world of just pure imagination. And this is the Garfield universe. And it, it seems like, it seemed at first that it was going to take that track where like, Garfield, okay, Garfield exists in a parallel universe of imagination, but, and what we're seeing in the comic strip is just his daily life. 
because Garfield in this world, he lives as a house cat with John and Odie, just like he does in real life. I mean, or does in the comic strip, sorry. <laughs> See how confusing this gets? But but, but then, then <laughs> uh, we see John drives them to work and we realize they work at a comic strip studio where, where they produced the Garfield comic strip. So behind the scenes, Garfield lives the same life as in the comic. But he also produces the comic as part of his work. It's it's a weird thing because you know what I mean. You kind of expect a baby Herman type situation. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about his home life with John is that it's still not quite the same because they seem to be more like roommates than, you know, pets. And Garfield can talk and John understands him. That blew my mind. Oh, you're right. That was that was a little confusing at first. But then I was then once yeah, because I was like, no, that's that's not right. What's going on? And then later on, it's like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. Um, the other problem, though, I don't I don't know who they got for Garfield's voice, but that is no Lorenzo music. It's Frank Welker. It really? Uh, I mean, he's trying. Yeah, he is he's trying, trying. But I mean, I don't think he I don't think he's doing a better Garfield voice than anyone else could. I mean, he's just doing a kind of sad sack voice. Now, I could do a Garfield voice it, as well as Frank Welker. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's that's kind of better than his. I <laughs> um, Frank Welker. It just sounds like Garfield's on Quaaludes yeah, this it's, whole time. It's 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 not good. Um, but uh, apparently, yeah. So they go to the studio where they film comic strips, which is this insane they, Willy all... Wonka esque uh, building with like spinning eyeballs and hands, and it's it the word the building yeah. is shaped like the word comic strip. And because there's just no rules in this world. Uh, I, I, I got to say, I looked at that exterior shot of the comic strip building that says comic strip. And I'm like, hey, this should be our new uh, icon f on uh, on Apple Podcasts. Oh, you know, that's, that's actually a good one. Yeah, yeah. Should, we should get some screen cap, replace that stupid camping book picture. <laughs> you picked the okay. camping one completely so at random, didn't you? <laughs> It was the first thing that popped up when I Googled what? Garfield. Why was that the first thing that popped up when you Googled Garfield? <laughs> I don't know. I just, apparently, look, I don't make the rules. Ask the algorithm. Uh, but anyway, we have not yet gotten into the real madness because so far, I think people listening are like, okay, Garfield's filming a comic. Yeah, I, I can kind of get that. No, <laughs> there's so much more. Um, so when they get to the studio, uh, we see like, cause you know, uh, Betty, the script girl, who is, yeah, um, she's got an interesting character design. It was not what I expected. Um, I thought she was going to be a withered old lady, and then she dropped her stack of scripts. Yeah, and it's like, wow, she's got huge badonker honkers. I, <laughs> just like... A very busty nose of Gahonga Wonga Bongers. <laughs> I can name three friends whom she looks like a drawing from. <laughs> <laughs> Only three, huh? <laughs> well, I don't hang out with that many big boob people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's not really your wheelhouse. Um I, I was, you know, no, nothing wrong with it. It's just that, like, it was surprising in this Garfield comic, Garfield movie for children that they very clearly were like, look, we need to give this chick giant honkers. Um, you know, it's 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 obviously a choice. 
you know, they, 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 it was not an accident. Um, but she's giving the scripts out to everyone. And, uh, we see all the comic characters all hanging out in like the, the canteen, you know, just having coffee. Um, and, um, Okay, so, uh, we see like Grim from Mother Goose and Grim and uh, Dagwood from Blondie walking around, and they're the only ones. Yeah, that was weird because I assumed when I started, oh, you know, it's going to be all the characters from what uh, United Feature Syndicate because Garfield's United Features. But um, I guess by this point, Garfield was entirely owned by Pause. Yeah, so they had to do. You know, I know that Garfield, that Jim Davis and Garfield have a special relationship with Dagwood because they've crossed over with him multiple times. And we've seen that uh, Jim, Jim Davis hangs out with Mike Peters just on his own time from the Garfield birthday special. So, so yeah. just like, uh, hey, can I? He So it was just basically the two, first two people he had on speed dial. Yeah, um, it's interesting because they don't talk. They have no lines in this, um, which I wonder if that was like a legal stipulation or maybe they just, you know, Mike Peters and uh, the Dagwood man were like, no, no, we have very specific voices that we want for these guys and, and we haven't found them yet. Yeah, we should, um, which I should check out the uh, mm-hmm. Grimmy cartoon. You know, that was written by uh, the same person who wrote the Garfield show. Oh, I did yeah, not know that. From, actually, uh, Damn, what's yeah. his name? The The guy who... Jim no, <laughs> no, the one who always, uh, the one who, who co-writes Grew the Wanderer. Oh, wait, Sergio Aragonis? Yeah, his, his usual partner. I forget what his name is. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't huh. know that. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Um, okay, but, but besides these two, um, there's also like Anier. a bunch of, oh, oh, yes, that sounds familiar. Um, so we've got like so I guess the Dagwood and Grimm appear as kind of favors. Yeah, uh, friend, you know he's like, can I? He got his friends to do some fan art or something. <laughs> kind of that, that's the thing. Um, but uh, then there are a bunch of there are a couple other comics uh, characters that are that are not real comics. Yeah, they they cl- they clearly have a sort of Jim Davisy look to them, or at least two of them do. The other two are very unique looking, and I would be very surprised if they got off the ground with their designs, but I like them anyway. Yeah, um, the ones that are Jim Davis, it's like, what, Bucky Bear and uh, Randy Yeah, Rabbit, and they're, a, they're just real basic. You know. uh, I mean, they're what uh, somebody, what your dad would come up with if you told him, hey, make up a comic strip. Well, I don't know, Bucky Bear and Randy Rabbit. Yeah, and it's just a bear and a rabbit who, uh, well, we, we, you know, they do stuff. We see that we see them film a, a comic where they get scared of a shark. Um, the other two, uh, I think it's the Stedmans. Yeah. Is, is I, what, what was it? Oh, yeah. Actually, at one point, you can see the names of these comic strips on the sh- on the uh, like the top comic strips. And the name of their comic is Life Stinks. OK, so who are the Stedmans then? <laughs> Because at one point when they're filming, the director says, call in the Stedmans. And I assumed, like, well, the only other comic character you've seen are these two. But I guess it's not May- them. So, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe it's Life Stinks starring the Stedmans. I, I don't. Maybe it's uh, not. Maybe Life Stinks is something else. <laughs> but I actually thought that the Stedmans, when they first said it, was like, oh, that's another. Com- that's a real comic. But I think I was mixing it up with, like, the buckets, the bumsteads, Quigmans, or something. Yeah, like one of those second-string comics where it's like about a you know married couple who hate yeah, each other, like the Middletons or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's pretty much what they are. They are like a husband and wife who who don't, you know, like a henpecked husband and a nattering wife. Yes, the wife looks um, explicitly like a scythe, which is an interesting design. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's got, yeah, a gigantic hooked nose that kind of wobbles. When yeah, she, she has a nose like the tail and, of a shark. Yeah. And the, uh, yeah, like a thrasher yeah. shark. And, um... Uh, the husband is this like kind of little, uh, little rotund penguiny almost yeah, looking he's just, guy. Just this compact like... mask with a face that looks like a stretched out uh, smiley face. Yeah, and you know the thing about them is like uh, as the their character design and their interaction, I really did believe that they were a real comic <laughs> until. I, I had to Google it to confirm that there was no such comic, um, and I guess their gimmick is that. They, they don't like each other or they're like, you know, it's like, she's like, yeah, Walter or Wally or whatever his name is. Yeah, Waldo? it was Wally. What is yeah. his name? Wally. Okay. Wally. Meh, 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 meh. And he's like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. You know, that yes. sort of thing. Um, but, and, but he has a secret uh, ta- talent or perhaps hobby of uh, inventing wacky inventions. Yeah. And here's another question. Is that some? Is that his gimmick in his comic, or is that just something he does on his own time behind the I scenes? I think it's something he does on his own. I think it's a reflection of the character, you know, the actor being different from the character, which is not something you get with Garfield. Garfield is the same on screen and off. Yeah, that's why it's confusing because, <laughs> because I mean, when the Stedman, when when Wally and his harpy wife, um, what's his name, Beyond, Beyond, Benita, I think Benita, yeah. Um, Nita, when they go on and do their comic, it's basically like, what does he say? Like, eh, no, she says something about like, take out the trash. And he's like, I can't perceive of trash <laughs> or something. Yeah. Cause he tell cause, I, I, uh, yeah, he makes a, a joke is like, uh, you know, Benito, why did the existential chicken cross the road? And she says, uh, Wally, you idiot, an existential chicken would not be able to perceive the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then she's like, take out the trash. She's like, I can't perceive the trash. Actually, the, the, the line about the chicken not being able to perceive the road is better than the actual yeah, line is. of that. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, yeah, so those are our... Those, these these secondary characters are actually going to play a fairly big role in the movie, or at least pivotal. Yeah. But um, they, they, they go into... Oh, uh, you know what? I forgot. We should also mention that um, a couple other uh, common, uh, familiar Garfield characters appear in this, and that's uh, Nermal and Arlene. They don't have much to do. They don't. But in fact, I Arlene could have had more to do, but they, they, but they window seated her. They really do, and I thought that was going to pay out, but it, it really doesn't. No. Um, the thing is, though, uh, if you recall, when we discussed uh, some other Garfield special, Arlene rarely appears because Jim Davis has such a particular voice that he imagines in his head. For yeah. Her. And apparently this is the one one of the like one of the only times she's been on screen. Huh. So apparently that voice is must be very close to what Jim Davis imagines, which is kind mm-hmm. of funny because it's kind of a nondescript, yeah. normal, just girl voice. You know, it is the, there's, there's nothing about it. The actress, Audrey yeah. Wazalewski. I mean, she's fine. I'm just saying it's, there's nothing about it that I'd be like, oh, yeah, it wouldn't, you don't hear it. And it just doesn't hit you like lightning. Like, that's Arlene, you know. 
Looks uh, like she's Arlene but, in uh, two other Garfield uh, CGI movies. I mean, I guess she must have really wowed Jim yeah, Davis. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, oh, God, she's the voice uh, of Mrs. Gloop in Tom and Jerry in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> oh, well, it's good that she's getting work. <laughs> okay, yep, so... She's a working um, actor. Good for her. Yeah, good for her. Um, so who else do we have? What, what? Let's see. Who else do we have? We've got a couple support staff. We mentioned Betty the Script Girl. Um, but there's there's also the, like, the prop mm -hmm. boy. Who is this? Yeah, the kind of hyperkinetic, uh, uh, speedy Gonzalez type who can run and get you any prop in one second, and his and his uh, pockets are always full of them. And but the yeah. really interesting one is Eli. Mm, yes, um, I guess Eli is kind of the. Um, I guess he's the stage manager. Yeah, he's like the stage manager, and actually, I think he's the director. No, no, the director oh, wait, is that yeah, guy that, with the monocle. Yeah, that little little shrinky guys. But yeah, yeah, Eli, I guess he's the stage manager. He's the, and he is this uh, very realistic for this, by these standards looking guy. He's a, he's a big black guy who knows all the ins and outs of the, uh, of how the stage works. And he runs the, runs the panels and stuff and knows stuff about how it works that uh, they, that no one else does. And Garfield seems to have a lot more respect for him than the rest of the cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, he kind of gives Garfield, like, sage life advice as yeah, well. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, does Garfield have a magical Negro in this? <laughs> I mean, he kind of does. I mean, a little, um, he's not that magical, but he, but he is, you know, somebody who gives his all to support Garfield. You know. Yeah, yeah. Who, like, let's let's not pretend me... Garfield isn't white. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, besides like giving advice to to Garfield, he also seems to be the one who. Uh, it reminds me a little of the um, if you've ever seen the Hudsucker Proxy. Yeah, the, uh, I, I forget, I forget the character's name, but you know the the magical Negro in that one, um, who also understands the rules of the world and is able to kind of bend them to help further the plot. Yeah. Um, because uh, because when things start getting weird, Eli is the one who explains what is going on. And things start getting weird pretty fast after I this. mean, things were um, already extremely weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, we see Garfield film his, um, his comic strip, which is, like, Eli pushes a button and, like, a whole, like, Back props and and back sets uh, you know like um uh set dressing and everything falls into place yeah so um, garfield is not like you know when you see garfield at an amusement park like for example we see them on a roller coaster here he's not actually going to an amusement park he's on a set where they've got uh fake tracks and uh cars hooked up which is right and they take and garfield says the line and they take a photograph of it and then they, you know, then the whole set changes to the next scene. They take a photo and they do that three times. And that's your comic strip. Um, okay. Um, so several things. Now that sounds normal enough, right? But then when we actually see how they, they basically take the photos 
and they run them through some sort of machine that then turns the photos into black and white ink outline drawings complete with suddenly the text balloons that show what Garfield was saying at the time the photo was taken. Yeah, so if Garfield blows his line and they uh, print that one, does it say, uh, does it have Garfield say, Odie and I really enjoy life cereal. Wait, cut, cut. Yeah, and just Garfield going, line. <laughs> that would be, that would probably be the funniest Garfield strip ever if there was one where he was like, I hate mon, um, line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say that this this whole thing is... It's, oh my gosh. It, okay. It, it's, okay. It's still going to get weirder though. <laughs> because I thought, okay, they're going to do the thing. They, they've, they've taken photos of the, the, the comic. They're going to print it in the newspaper, right? Yeah. But they, instead they have a machine that beams the comic strip into the newspaper as the paper boy is delivering <laughs> the it. The newspaper is already printed. And so they're trying to they're trying to spin it so whatever you're seeing in the comic strip is sort of being played out before your eyes as it happens. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> somehow the comic strip characters are able to use the newspaper itself as a lens to watch your reaction to the comics? Yeah! Yeah! And Eli, just he can push a button and just switch between any newspaper and, like, just look out into our world. God, what a terrifying They've surveillance got, like, state. I know! It's like... <laughs> it's like Garfield's Panopticon. It's... And, and I will also point out that several times it is very clear that Eli is just looking at from random places where there is no newspaper. So, uh, the, the world, I mean, I think they, they establish that he's look, they say he's looking through newspapers, but it's very poorly, um, implemented. And it's, it's, I, that's a plot hole. I, I mean, I think that's a mistake. Not that they're saying that you can, he can look anywhere in the world. I think they just were like, forgot to actually in the put newspapers. Every, <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Oh, uh, my brain. Uh, <laughs> this, this movie I is Oh my God. Because, you know, you, like, I think viewers or listeners at this point be like, yeah, that's pretty insane. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> this, this does not end. At no point does, does it end. <laughs> You're just like, this is this movie is like it's like one it's like a drug trip where you keep looking at the clock and you're like, well clearly a hundred hours have passed. It must be ending soon. No, it's not. It goes on and on and on. It's 75 minutes long. How how oh my god. It's 75 minutes long. Very little seems that very little happens, but but the okay, but okay. Um we should also mention, I think, that the big motivating factor for garfield is he is bored of his job and wants a change and, and people are everyone's trying to cheer him up uh, arlene is trying to be you know trying to tell trying to motivate him and he manages to grab a rose that's going by to give to her so that's kind of so every time you see arlene in this movie she's holding this rose yeah that that's like a checkoff yeah. type thing is it 
kind of comes into play later, but not really. It's not, I mean, it's, it's, it's like a little sweet moment. Mm -hmm. Not like it's that important for the plot, but um, I guess we need to establish the relationship between Gar John and uh, Arlene. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you... Sorry, uh, Garfield and Arlene. <laughs> John and Arlene. Yeah. I, John and Arlene, I don't think, oh, they're fucking behind Garfield's I back. I have absolutely no idea if John even knows Arlene exists. Um, yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen him interacting with Arlene yeah, at all. Yeah, I'm, I, don't, I can't think of a strip where they met. I mean, John knows that Nermal exists. To an extent, John knows that, like, Garfield's grandfather exists, but I don't think, I can't think of a time when he's interacted with Arlene. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, man, this is, uh, this is breaking all sorts of Garfield rules. <laughs> okay, so, um, Garfield, okay, wait. So Garfield sees through this lens when they're watching people in the real world that there's a hot dog cart, and, and Garfield is so excited by hot dogs he has this fantasy of like seeing a giant giant hot dog gondolier just full of smaller normal size hot dogs but also full of like giant hot dog toppings <laughs> so when when he floats down to it in his dream he's sit he's sitting on a giant hot dog he's eating the smaller hot dogs among the piles of smaller hot dogs you'll see like a gigantic pickle slice <laughs> So and as he flies down a, the ketchup and mustard trees these towering ketchup and mustard uh, squeeze bottles are creating fireworks by squirting their contents together. Oh my god. And who is who is the who is the gondolier? He's like it's a, just the guy who like was a, reading like the newspaper a, uh, behind the uh yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, I was like I didn't get a good look and I was like is that a buddy bear? What's going on here? <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was a bear, but like uh, it's just the guy. Okay, so so Garfield has this fever dream about this, hot dogs. This hot dog also, fantasy. You know what? Does he ever mention lasagna even once in this? No. I thought it was very weird later on when he does, uh, when food is a thing, and instead he seems to be really into coffee. Yeah, coffee and hot dogs. It's like, yeah, I don't yeah. mean, I, I would Was lasagna going out of style? In two thousand, yeah. In the year two thousand seven, Jim Davis is like lasagna. This is news. We need to be hip with the kids. We need something new. Well, what are the kids like now? Oh, it's, uh, it's two thousand seven. Uh, they're all going to the Starbucks. They gotta get the the coffee. They gotta get the coffee. Oh, the kids love the coffee. I don't know why I'm doing it like a weird kind of bad Trump impression. <laughs> I thought you were doing it like fuck you, Baltimore, but. <laughs> Oh, Big Jim Hill's here to uh, hell is here to fuck your wife. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but um, also, uh, Odie has been trying to hide a bone that he stole from the prop department, and he. Okay. <laughs> you know what, Ethan? Why don't you explain this part? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Odie has a bone, and the prop boy is looking for him to return the bone to the closet. Odie does not want to give up his bone, so he's looking for a place to bury it. He buries it in the screen. The screen that the that what they are that they are using as a lens to uh, look into the real world. And the bone, which he slips through a crack in the screen, pops out into the real world, and a a 
red light starts to flash. It's like, oh, can, like, like the, like this is the, this newspaper lens screen that they're watching people's reactions and can see anything that happens in front of any newspaper from is also a sort of airlock between their world and the real world. I think. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that was my reading on it. Um, it appears to be also, uh, but then because of when, when Odie punctures it, it starts sucking everything in. Yeah. Uh, out. Yeah. Eli is the one who explains that, uh, it's pressurized like an airplane cabin in the, in the imagination world. And if you, and if you, uh, puncture a hole to the real world, everything's going to get sucked out. It's like, is that how that works? Uh, that, yeah. Yes. Well, that, that was, that was okay. Um, that's an interesting concept. But yeah, so luckily Eli has special tape, yeah. which he uses to tape up the, tape up the patch so that nothing will get sucked through into the real that world. That is what it's called. It's called the special tape. It's the special tape. And he seems to have um, these little minion-like uh, workers that apply the tape that come down on big racks. Yeah. What was that? They, and I noticed them towards the end. Did they appear in this part, too? I or? don't remember. I only remember seeing them at the end and being like, what? What are those? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the prop boy gives him the special tape at this yeah. point, and he just tapes it up. But yeah, at the end, like little, like little min, like they literally are like minions. Like they, they look kind of like the little spacemen in that Among Us game, <laughs> and they're all like, I think they're all tape colored, yeah. like the orange and yellow. But like they literally just pop out of nowhere and just start taping shit up. But it's like, wait, what? Who are they? Yeah, and then there are other ones that are armed with fire extinguishers, and they look like, uh, like Puka from Dig Dug. Oh my god, this nothing make nothing makes any sense. And the best part is like we're we're not even we haven't even gotten to some of the most insane parts of this film. I mean there's still so much. Okay. So no one in the real world can return to the comic strip world because the comic strip world is pressurized like an airplane. So it's a one-way trip to the real world. And Garfield, who apparently cannot get hot dogs in the comic strip world, is lured to make that one-way trip to forever be trapped in the real world by because he wants a yes. hot dog. And he tumbles out into the real world and goes, look at me, I'm a real cat. <laughs> he doesn't look any That's... different. He doesn't. And, and this is the... This is probably the worst part of the whole film because, um, like you said, I was kind of expecting like, oh, it's going to be like live action, right? In the real world. That would make sense. But it's not even like a different animation style. You know, it's not even like more realistic animation or anything. I really um, honestly feel like it was intended to be. It was written to be about having these live action sequences and then they couldn't do it and that they didn't have the budget for it and they had to do the do it entirely in animation. I mean, that makes sense, but they could have at least, you know, changed the style of the people in the Yeah, they could have rendered it slightly. slightly differently. They could have, you know, put less shine on them or something. But no, it looks exactly the same, except that instead of every 
like your car instead of John's car leaves bubbles in the trail and when he drives it, and, you know, here the cars just have exhaust, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um it really I mean, the uh it, it it's it's good to watch this and compare it with Garfield's Nine Lives, where there is so much uh effort and attention put into like differentiating all the different lives and you know really giving them each their own style yeah exactly and this one is just they they didn't even bother yeah this, this one it's all exactly just the same kind of like you know pixar tin toy look um which is it's weird and then and and it it continuously gets weirder because garfield uh well well okay so first of all Back in the comics world, Nermal is making like a power play yeah. to replace Garfield. Uh, that doesn't really go anywhere, but you know it's it's brought up. They had to give you know and... give him something to do. It's it's Jason Marsden. He's in everything. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, give give him a few, give him a line. Oh yeah, yeah. wait, Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden, oh. yeah, who is uh, also he's the voice of Max Goof and lots of other things. So, huh? Okay, ah. Oh. Well, you know, it's he he, need, he you know he needed to draw a paycheck, so <laughs> good for him. Um, so yeah, so uh, but meanwhile in the real world, Garfield. Well, I guess there's there's a bit with there's a recurring bit with these Chihuahuas chasing Odie for the bone. Oh God, this goes on and on and on. This woman is walking seven Chihuahuas that keep wanting to fight Odie for his bone. Yeah, this this woman who also has gigantic hunger badongers. Yes. Um, or I mean, they're kind of like the they're they're kind of normally sized yeah. for her yeah. body, but she's always being pulled around by her dogs in such a way that we see down her dress. <laughs> so it's kind of hard not to like, you know. Now this is notice. Yeah, but this is a big fat woman, whereas uh, the uh, script girl was a you know tiny elfin thing who just happens to have gigantic wahoo zubus. So yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, this woman, I look at her and I, I wouldn't think, oh, her, her, you know, her tits are ginormous. They're just like the size that I would expect a woman of that size to have, you know, might have uh, tits of that size. Um, you know, I did, <laughs> but, but I'm just saying they really draw your attention to them. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this bit with the chihuahuas, it keeps going on. Um, but also um, Garfield meets a cat named Shecky. I hate Shecky. Yeah, Shecky's... What's his deal? He's just representative of normal cats in the normal, in the real world. And, you know, he doesn't believe that Garfield is, in fact, the real Garfield. And so he just plays along because he's being nice, I guess. And he introduces Garfield to some other strays he hangs out with. And what... Okay, what's, what's the dog's name? Do you remember? Uh, Wal Wal Waldo. Waldo. Okay, yeah. So we have Wally, and then we have Waldo. Great. And yeah. And the thing about Waldo is that you know, it's someone Garfield knows. If you look at recent Garfield strips, this dog looks exactly like the dog that has the "Beware of Dog" sign next to him that Garfield is always hassling. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I wonder if they they borrowed the design from Waldo after this. Probably that would make sense. Um, I mean, he's kind of, he has a very Jim Davis design, which is not the case for Sheila. No, Sheila. Uh, what's going on with Sheila? Okay. So, 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 uh, they also introduce 
uh, Sheila, who I think the best way to describe Sheila is thick. <laughs> she is she is a thick cat. Um, <laughs> she's um, I, I I think they're trying to go for. Oh, sorry. No, go on. Go on. Um, she kind of remind the the vibe I'm getting from her is kind of like Peg from Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, she really you know? does look like her, doesn't she? But she's yeah, not like a kind of not like a bombshell or anything, and she has this really strong English accent. So was, yeah, but yeah, she's got that kind of she, look she, like she's wrapped up in a fur coat. Yeah, she's kind of has this like I don't know. She's got kind of a like um. I don't know. I don't know how you would describe this this look. Um, kind of a trashy, sexy look. Yeah. Um, goblin. Um, I, yeah, goblin. Goblin. It's goblin esque. Um, but she's um. Uh, does she have a mole? I feel like she I probably think she a had a mole. Yeah. It's like, is it yeah. outside she, her fur? Ew. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, like, if you you know, like, it's the kind of character who would have yeah. a mole. Even if she didn't have a mole, spiritually she has a mole. Um, and yeah, she's kind of got this this English accent. It's not like I don't know what kind of English accent it is. It sounds kind of like a, an accent of someone who would be performing in like you know a dance hall at a seaside town. You know, um, I'm not sure what what region of England. It's just kind of a, a, a vibe that I'm getting. We should, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll make uh, Egghead Cheesy Bird watch this and have him tell us what kind of accent that is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know one English accent from another. I'm starting to recognize the differences between various Mexican accents because, yeah, because uh, there are, because, you know, working as I do with the, uh, with the Spanish speaking public, I notice a, a number of different ways that they pronounce the word 30. Like some people, hmm. some people will say Dodi, other people will say Tudi. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Have you figured out which regions? Are different no, no. I mean, I, it's not, it's not like I could like, you know, pop off a marker and get out my, uh, like, so which region of Mexico are you from? Guadalajara? I mean, Chihuahua? I guess you're kind of limited in how much small talk you yeah. can make, you know, when you're doing this transaction. So, um, but yeah, this is kind of this this English accent is um, yeah you know what we'll get Alex to do it and then we'll blame him for it. <laughs> um, but uh, so so the Shecky Waldo and uh, Sheila have this bit. I'm, I'm hard oh, pressed to minute. call it a scam. I just realized something. Is she Australian? I is it an Australian accent? I don't think she's Australian. I think. I thought okay. they were going for like she's like an English long hair or something like that, but that's not. But that's I mean, not that's a real. That's not a real cat breed. <laughs> no, but I think like isn't Sheila like Australian slang for like a yeah, hot lady? Yeah, Sheila. It's like you know slang for girl. You know. Oh, okay. So I mean, I don't know what's going on in this. It's, but the point is, yeah, they have a scam. It's not really a scam. They, they. They make they basically like uh like make noises at night, you know <laughs> yeah. like like cats how yowling and stuff until people throw food at them, um, but uh since, but they do it as they're doing like uh comedy routines 
But of course, people just hear them as yowling because this is the real world and people can't understand cats. And that's the thing that blows my mind is that Garfield is acting like this is something completely new to him. When we know Garfield goes out and does comedy routines on the fence all the time. Yeah, that's right. It's it's like it's in the opening credits of his cartoon series. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Garfield and some random two cats and a dog. Yeah. You know what? Actually, isn't it weird that we have this like behind the scenes, all these other comic characters instead of U.S. Acres characters? I was going to say, it's like, where is the cast of U.S. Acres? They should be here. And th this was yeah. 2007. Do you think that they that relations had soured enough with Hasbro that they couldn't get Mr. Potato Head on board? <laughs> they needed to bring in Norm the Nat. <laughs> that would have been great. Um, but yeah, this is, it's, it's, um, so yeah, we got these, uh, but we got, yeah, um, Garfield and these other characters and they, um, and everyone doesn't like the noises. So they just start throwing whatever food they have at them. And, um, and it's like, no, I guess I, I thought you were supposed to throw a shoe at a cat, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but, but I guess you can't eat a shoe. Oh, they do. Cause Garfield gets hit by a shoe. Doesn't oh yeah. He? Okay. So um, this is about where yeah, I was so like, okay, okay, move along. Yeah, don't worry. I mean, this part is is like pretty sedate as far as this movie goes, because you're watching it. And you're like, oh, this is pretty normal. Like I, you know, cats making noise, getting hit by shoes. I mean, yeah, this is normal stuff. But then <laughs> it gets abnormal. Um because uh, well, for well, well, actually, for they go back with Shecky to his house. Yeah, they, they go to an abandoned hotel uh, called the Hotel Muncie. So this is all taking place in Muncie, Indiana. I, I guess. I oh no, man! That was this was a perfect setup for him to be like, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a pilgrimage to Paws Incorporated, and you know, knock on the door, and then, then like Jim Davis answers it, and is like, I'm looking for Jim Davis. Are you his dad? Yeah, no, exactly. That's I was waiting for something like that to happen the whole time, you know, kind of doing that last action hero yeah. thing, you know, I mean, because it's like, come on, it's it's it, what that makes perfect sense. Right. But instead, the way that we, we learn a little bit about how comic strips are made and it's makes things even more insane <laughs> because, um, OK, should we get into what what happens? I think then Garfield, because he, he decides to check the newspaper about what's happening in his comic since he's left, yeah. right? And that's a very good question. <laughs> what is happening in the Garfield comic without the Gar without the star? You know, is it just a blank? Is Have they put normal in there? What's happening? Well, it turns out they're canceling Garfield. Because um, Garfield is been gone for a day <laughs> one and so the, you know one i day. guess uh in the comics world as opposed to an actual comic strip you never have a buffer yeah well okay so so th this okay okay so <laughs> <laughs> listeners i i can't impress upon you how not how 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 far gone this is gonna get because this is just this just continues to become just madness madness just it's just <laughs> uh blood and fire and madness <laughs> flames on the side of my uh, face 
yeah it's just 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 oh my god okay so garfield decides that what he's got to do is he's got to go and uh, to the auditions where they're going to be replacing garfield because because um and and convince them that he is Garf or stop them from replacing Garfield is what yes, he said. Yes, they're holding yeah, they're holding auditions to replace Garfield and it seems like, you know, the op the options to replace Garfield are wide open. They're not necessarily looking for something like Garfield uh, apparently because the people who try out are a guy with two heads, a ballet dancer, and a goth who wants to draw a comic strip about the Grim Reaper. Yeah, and also that one guy who just draws a dot. Yeah, I liked that. I was like, my comic strip is about Dippy the Dot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is very bizarre because, uh, first of all, it's not at a syndicate or Pause Inc. or anything. He just goes to a newspaper to where these auditions are being held. The local newspaper in Muncie, which I did appreciate was called like the Time Standard Picayune Courier, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Just, just cram um, as many font names together as you could. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was, I was I was amused, but so so in this local newspaper, they are doing the auditions to replace Garfield, and yeah, because it's weird because half of the people show up seem to understand. Okay, a comic strip is a thing you draw. So the the goth guy has a picture of a Grim Reaper that he's yes. drawing. The dot guy has a dot, but then like the two headed guy just shows up, and it's it's a guy with like a second fake head. Yeah, he's doing like a. Right? He's got like a vent figure that's a second head poking out of his uh, out of his collar. And, you know, it's it's a good it seems like a good act. It seems like something good for the gong show. But I was like, what is your what is your plan here, sir? Or do you expect them to build one of those, you know, turn what you just did into a comic machine in real life? Yeah, Um and, and that's the thing is like, he's not the only act like that because then there's that woman who shows up just throwing flowers. What, what, what did they think was going to happen? <laughs> I'm, I'm not, you know what? It, it, all I can assume. Okay. Is like, I actually think looking at this is like the, the people who um, came in with drawings mm -hmm. They're, they're the rubes. They saw the thing in the paper and like, oh, I can do a comic strip too. They don't realize that comic strips in the world is film are not drawn. They're just made in an alternate dimension and beamed in, right? So you're saying that these so why people, the other ones, the crazy ones, have this idea that they could get, you know, somehow transferred into the imagination land and uh, start uh, getting photographed fresh every day? I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense, Even, but even that wouldn't make sense because it is established there's no way to go from the real world to the cartoon world. Yes, and the, so, nobody uh, seems to believe that they're the real Garfield and Odie, so they don't think there's this real, there's this parallel universe of, it's like, who, who built all this equipment? How, how did this happen? Yeah. Where did this world come from? What else comes yeah, from this but, world? What's, what's the video game studio like? Yeah. Well, and that, that just means like, so before they were newspapers, did it, did it exist? Did it just come into being when newspapers were started and then comics? And I, I mean, I don't know what's, yeah. Um, Again, it's, there's a little bit of uh, who censored Roger Rabbit there where, where at one point, uh, 
at one point, Jessica is talking about uh, how, you know, those those primitive tunes from before America was even colonized. <laughs> oh, boy. What was going on um, there? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the other thing. So, so I, all I can imagine is that these people seem... Okay, the, the, the people... Uh, okay. Okay, sorry. I, I'm having so much trouble organizing my thoughts because eventually um, this guy comes in like a kind of a he, he's kind of like a slick smitty sort of like yeah. guy, you know, like a um, you know with a plaid jacket and um, you know who he he should have been. You remember in Garfield and Friends that dude with the really huge nose? Yes, yes, the guy who's like. Uh... You know, it's like, uh, thanks for shopping at Honest Sam's. We stand beside every car we sell. Don't you mean you stand behind every car you sell? Not with the mechanics I got working for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know. So he really should have been in this role, but it's it's a generic con guy. He comes in and he sells this. He pitches this comic called Hale and Hardy, which is like two really like a like a buff cat and dog like bodybuilders uh, yeah i love this this is like you know we have we've appealed to the fat fetish long enough time for the muscle expansion yeah yeah <laughs> they they're um they're basically doing like a hans and franz bit uh, in 2007 i fucking you know? hate hans and franz i cannot believe they were so popular uh they were like Oh man, but if you know what? I mean, if the it's like they were really big in what 1993. So uh, Jim Davis is like, you know what the kids want? They want Hans and Franz. We're gonna put some Hans and Franz in this. Oh, it's gonna be big. The kids will love it. <laughs> um, so so, but he has like an actual cat and dog who show up, who are with him, who are Hale and Hardy. That's the actual names of these. these yes, things. he's got this and muscular V-shaped skipped leg day cat and dog. Yeah. And he's going on about how, like, they can merchandise, like, Hale and Hardy exercise gear, Hale and Hardy, uh, you know, vitamin drinks, Hale and Hardy gyms, you know, and all this stuff. Hale and Hardy and... leotards! Yeah, and the, um, <laughs> oh my god, the the three executives. Oh, these executives. <laughs> um... Yeah, this, this is the thing that blows my mind about this movie, is that Garfield of all things, is trying to look down its nose at, you know, the capitalist way of marketing characters. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, mm, that's, this uh, this kettle sure is black. <laughs> Jim Davis pulls up the ladder behind him. Yeah, for real. Um, but uh, yeah, these these market, these uh, newspaper executives, it's like, who are who are? Okay, uh, there were some choices made in their designs, which is kind of interesting. Um, you know, there's the main guy who's just like giant kind of hunchback with like a comb over and like warts all over his face. Um, and there's there's a guy, there's just a guy. And then there's that woman who is like kind of got a very like um, uh, Madame Medusa sort of look to yeah. her. Yeah, not, not like... The one that Garfield said you should let your hair down, to, you know, but we forgot to talk about her. But she doesn't have much of a payoff. Oh, she's the the lunch lady that I was actually very um, disappointed they didn't get Irma. To yeah, where was Irma? Shoot, it's like, geez, Jim Davies doesn't even remember his own canon. 
Um, but no, this woman is just like, she's kind of like, she, she looks like, I mean, I mean, she's just like, she looks like Madame Medusa a little bit and she has this very coffee talk sort of voice. Yeah. You know? So yeah, there like, was, uh, a, there were a lot of internalized stereotypes going on with this. Yeah. Um, but they decide they really like Helen Hardy, which is like, okay, so you're saying you're this you have an actual cat and dog, muscle muscle head cat and dog that you're going to put in a comic strip. But how are you going to do that? Do you have technology to send them to this alternate comic universe? Because you seem to understand because that means they understand that there is this alternate comic universe, right? Because they don't have any plans to draw them into the paper, you know? So they also, at this point, they seem to suspect that Garfield is the real Garfield. So they seem to under, they must know that this, there's a thing. Yeah. It's just like, well, he kind of looks like Garfield, uh, but th that dog is ugly and the cat is too fat. But, uh, and, and Garfield and Odie specifically came here to try and get their old jobs back. What do they think the newspaper is going to do? Yeah, it's like the the newspaper doesn't seem to have the ability to put anyone into the comic world. So why is the newspaper even having auditions? If if they can, it's a, it's an open secret that, but they're just not explaining it to the audience. It's like, hello, tell us something. You know what? You know what this whole sequence reminds me of. Um, I gotta say, because I feel like it was like Jim Davis is like I I have to visually represent. Uh, a process which it was actually not very visually striking you know the idea of, of looking at comic strips and selecting one to be the replacement you know it's not a visually striking thing so i will instead make it look like it's vaudeville auditions it's kind of like in the um the weird al music video for close but no cigar yeah, you know where john k tries yeah. to show what an astrophysicist looks like <laughs> And it's like that astrophysicist wouldn't like ha look like that. They wouldn't just have like weird like future rings all over them. But well, I mean, if I were an astrophysicist, I would. Shit. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me then. That. No, yeah. Well, you would, of course. Yes, and I'd be doing that dance all the time too. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> when you're a world famous billionaire bikini supermodel astrophysicist, you wear whatever you want. I mean, that's a good point. That is a good point. All right, I'll give him that. Um, but but then the executives decide that Garfield, since he is the best comic, they're, they're like, I'm going to give Garfield one more day to appear in the paper, or then it's Hale and Hardy. So it's like, okay. So, okay, so basically what it, it just seems that they have, they understand that Garfield is just a thing that appears in the newspaper. <laughs> Magically. It just appears... <laughs> Magically, They're, it's not like they can call up Jim Davis and yell at him about why is there no Garfield in the paper? It just appears there. So, I mean, if it's this magical thing, like, it's just, okay, look, I'm just saying, I'm just imagining if I was a newspaper executive, like, let's just say, like, I I inherited a newspaper, right? right. Like, I like, and they were like, and, and like, kind of like becoming the prime minister in Harry Potter, you know, where suddenly the suddenly a magic man appears and tells you, oh, there's a wizard world, right? I become a newspaper editor and they tell me, okay, you know how you always thought that comics were like drawn by cartoonists and print the paper? No, they just appear, just <laughs> magically appear in the paper. We don't know how it works. It's a secret. We can't let the public know. It's just a thing, right? Is this how comic books work too? <laughs> Oh my god. Think you know what? I think so cuz remember we did see a superhero in the beginning. So, 
Marvel and DC are just shipping out all of these blank comics and everything that happens is just like beamed into it seconds before you pick it up. (laughs) What a great scam. Think about it. If you were that, oh my God, no, think about it. Uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were just some random schmoes who happened to pick up the right piece of paper to see comics appear on it and be like, hmm, if I can just sell this to some suckers, you know? Yeah, where like how where did, do the where did the cartoon characters come from? Do the does somebody have to imagine them, or was Garfield you know literally born to a, a figment of his mother? Or <laughs> my God, I I you know what? That's the I assume that it must be uh, okay. It has to be born to a figment of mother because the other the other alternative is like so weirdly dystopian. Because think about it. Imagine you are. Imagine, Ethan, that we lived in this world, okay. right? And, I think that all the Okay, time. imagine it. Okay, and imagine that, not, not in the comic world, but in the real world as presented in this paper, yes. right? And imagine that uh, that you are, like, just sitting around one day and you just think, you know what um, would be cool to do a comic uh, called Swollen Bump? <laughs> and then the next day, a co- some, and they go to the comic store and Swollen Bump is on the shelves because the comic company is like, oh, this just appeared in our comic. We're going to sell it to everyone now. And you're just like, uh, you know, like all our ideas just go into the comic world and immediately get sold by comic book companies. Okay. And we don't have any, where like, is the portal, you know. Where's the portal to go into your imagination? Because I want to live in that world. Ah! <laughs> it's just, it's, I, the, the nothing, nothing in this. Ah, th- th- oh, Garfield. I, uh, this makes less sense than neither world from Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh my god. I love that like half, fully half of this episode is just going to be us making incoherent noises because <laughs> if it, it was, mostly me, I guess. If it was good enough for show, it's good enough for special presentation. <laughs> That's right. We're just giving the kids what they want. Animal <gasps> noises. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so... Oh my god. Okay. So so they decide they're going to Garfield one more day to appear in the paper. He still needs to find a way to return to the comic the the wait. Is it called the comic Yeah, it's world? called Comic Strip World in the on uh Wikipedia. It was like so it's the Comic Strip World, but so it's not just the world of all imagination everywhere. Maybe? <laughs> It's only the comic strip world. So and there's just this one you think of... comics factory. Yes. Which beams comics into presumably all newspapers, because they can toggle between the different newspapers when they watch yeah. us. And then, but this one newspaper is putting on this weird dog and pony show to replace Garfield, <laughs> even though... They clearly do not have the power to do that. <laughs> well, now you're catching on. Now you're figuring out how American politics works. That's the, oh my that's God. the news media. Oh. Damn. Wow. You know what? Roasted. <laughs> Jim Davis sir, Jim Davis has their yeah, number. Jim Davis did, you know... James Davis took apart Fox News uh, faster than The Daily Show ever could. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, I thought this was all just nonsense, but actually there's, like, a method to the madness. And Jim Davis is like, this is actually extremely, like, sharp and subtle political satire. <laughs> and we couch it behind cartoon characters so no one would see. I am brilliant. Oh, my God. You know, it's true what they say. Like, only the jester can mock the king, <laughs> you know? It's amazing. What a, this, just this, just this, like... Uh, Jim Davis, just the just sharp as attack, that guy. Just just incredible. <laughs> oh my yeah, god. Why, okay. why is he missing so much hair in front? That's brain growing through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, he is he's just like Jim Jim Davis, ma- master of the art, master of the comic art. <laughs> uh well, you know, he kind of is, yeah. I guess. That's why he, that's that's why he was so successful. Um, God, you know what? Jim Davis is... So, he, he is, didn't have it handed to him on a silver platter. He just came up with something that everyone wanted. Yeah, you know what? He literally... Well, you know, I mean, he made the better mousetrap. <laughs> you, you can't fault him. Like, nowadays, when, like, everything... <clears throat> everything is bad and everything is like trying to trick you or force you into buying things that you do not want. You know, like everything is the al- the algorithm is like, hmm, if only there's a way to make people want just this garbage. It's like, no, Jim Davis did the old fashioned way. He actually found something that people wanted and got rich by giving it to them. And the so, fact that what he wanted, well, what they wanted wasn't that great. Not his problem. No, no, no. Um, but God, he is. It's it's again like he just seems like such a normal guy. Whenever you like see a the the rare interview with him, um, but what a wild now! Man. I am I can't help but see him as the puppet master pulling the strings in the the ongoing battle between uh, Charles Schultz and Bill Melendez. Oh my god! He's like he's like in his, in his like a uh, a dark theater. He's like watch how they dance, <laughs> pull the string. <laughs> it's like the whole time it was me jim davis and i was smoking harmless tobacco oh my god oh this um okay okay so so uh garfield needs to get back into the comic book world right, right. and uh he sees a woman playing an accordion this reminds him or, of something that we forgot to talk about. So let's talk about it now. Let's talk about it. Um, so Wally, the inventor, had invented a machine to steal cookies. Yes, it was a concertina that grabs cookies off your plate, which is you know the dumbest possible invention. But seeing the concertina played by this woman in what looks like you know kind of quasi Roma outfit is. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that gives him the idea. Like, what if you built a big one that could reach through and grab me and pull me back? So that's so Wally is like, I, I'll do it. I'll, and and this is where Wally gets his big uh, per, his big character payoff because his wife uh, Bonita is always telling him, "You never do anything right." And he's like, "Yes, I can. I can do this." Now listen to now listen to me, you you harpy and. Then he tells her off, and she's like, "Oh, Wally, what a man!" Yeah, that happens a lot in like. Is fiction. this a men going their own way thing? 
Um, I, I've, I mean, I've seen this happen a lot in fiction where it's like, yeah, like, a, like, like a henpecked dude will stand up to his wife and she'll be like, oh, you're so forceful. Oh, suddenly I'm suddenly, oh, you know, like, like, um, but in real life, that doesn't work. I've, I've noticed. It's like, I don't, look, look, I've tried yelling at my wife a lot. Doesn't work. Somehow it doesn't make her like me more. <laughs> well. And you know what? If uh, yelling at your wife makes her makes her like you more, and being nice to your wife makes makes her like you less, I, speaking from experience, you're in the wrong relationship. Yeah, I mean that's not healthy. No, um, I would. I, I mean, wish I'd figured unless, that out sooner, but uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's not good. Um, but uh, hey, better, 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 better late yeah. than never. You know. Um, you know, the only way that that is good is if it's a sort of relationship where there's a safe word involved, you know, that would, that might almost be fun, but no. Yeah, <clears throat> no. Um, but yeah, so Wally really should not be with Bonita, but apparently, yeah, he tells her off and, uh, they build a giant, uh, concertina out of folding doors. Yeah. I mean, I get where have you seen these folding doors from? Because I know I've seen them before, but I can't think where. I uh, they seem to be in in the world of comic strips. They just seem to be random rooms because Dagwood is behind one taking a bath. But in real life, they look like the sort of thing that like um, you use for uh, opening like storage units. Oh, oh, okay. So may maybe yeah. My uh, my local storage unit uses a roll up door, but I can see what you mean. So. Yeah, like either that or they, they kind of, I'm trying to think, like they look like... I don't know. I can, yeah, it's I like... I can picture them so clearly. I can I can feel their texture in my head, but I, I have no idea where I would have seen one. Yeah, no, that's true. Because I want to say, like, is it like, uh, like a, it's not like a screen door. It's, it's a weird kind of door. Like, yeah, I can totally picture it, but I cannot for the life of me remember actually seeing one. Yeah, it feels life. like a tarp so. or something. It's flexible. Yeah. But and it's like, where have I seen these? Because, like, I was thinking, like, is like, I just kept thinking, like, are those, like, the things on, like, a reptile bus? But no, those aren't doors. That's just the kind of, you know, the stretchy bit in the middle, you reptile know? Reptile bus? Is that what they're called? Um, that's what I've called them. You, you know what I'm talking about? The bus that has the, the, the stretchy bit yeah, in the middle. Yeah, the accordion the... bus. I, I never heard of yeah, those reptile things. bus. Where did that name come from? <laughs> oh, um, you know, maybe I'm not sure. Maybe I made it up. <laughs> let me, uh, let me, let me check it out. Let me just Google reptile that if that's bus. a real thing. Is it a real thing? Oh, um, well, Google doesn't seem to, Google seems to be telling me that like, there are there are buses that will come to your school that are full of reptiles. <laughs> Great, but but um, apparently um, they are not called reptile buses. Uh, they're called what are they? Accordion buses. Uh, accor let me try it. Accordion bus. Accordion bus. Let's see. Accordion bus for sale. Artic. Ah, yep. Art uh, apparently, articulated it's bus. Okay. Also known as a bendy bus, tandem bus, vestibule bus, stretch bus, or accordion ah, bus. Yeah, I think bendy bus is the is the name they use most often in uh, England. Because I know there that sounds very English. Yes, and there is in fact a official transformer named Bendy Bus Prime. So is he is he British? Uh, yes, very British. <laughs> is he all like hello, governor? It's me, Bendy Bus Prime. <laughs> Kippers and Struth. Uh, Keepers, he, he just comes in and is like, 
Oh, I, Bob, give me up the Wilkie chips. Bob's a donut. Oh, I, I love fish and chips. <laughs> Transformers Wiki says, Hello. Bendy Bus Prime is purported to be the first ever British-inspired Transformer. Boris John, oh, Boris Johnson, mayor of London, had all of the city's Bendy buses withdrawn from service by 2011. Whether Bendy Bus Prime Boo! has changed his alt mode and, or, and named to Routemaster Prime or has moved to Glasgow is unknown. Uh, boo! Yeah. Fuck Boris Johnson. Yet another terrible decision he's made. God. Bendy Bus Prime is all like... <laughs> Bendy Bus Prime. Bendy Bus Prime is like, Oi! It's me, Bendy Bus Prime! I'm going I'm to be... I'm not fighting the Decepticons now. I'm, I'm after the hoodie scum. I read about the Daily Mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even doing a British accent. I'm just kind of like... Growling. Talking weird. <laughs> well, yeah, just growling. Well, I mean, this is a Transformers movie character, and if you've seen the Transformers movies, they all have this voice. Sideswipe, oh, you go over oh, there. In movie? I'm not Sideswipe. I'm I'm Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> this Bendy Bus. Okay, so when he's in the movie, is he got like a chimney sweep hat and like uh, fingerless gloves? Maybe um, no. The thing uh, is, he was not oh. in any movie. What he is, is a life-sized, non-transformable sculpture that is 13 feet tall. There was only one produced by Paramount Home Entertainment, which was given away on December 9th, 2009, in a contest hosted by The Sun, in conjunction with the release of Revenge of the Fallen on DVD. He's made out of 100 original bus parts, and even has a card reader. Wait, wait, but it, that is the only... That is the only Bendy, Bendy bus? bus Prime... He is a life-size so no... toy, and there is only one of him. So you're telling me Bendy Bus Prime exists as a life-size toy. He has never appeared in any Transformers media, movies, cartoons, comics. There are no toys for children to play with a Bendy Bus Prime? Nope. <laughs> and yet he is still an official well, character. You know, capitalism is the most efficient system. You know, <laughs> I... <laughs> Alex, you have to explain well, this. You have something to Alex, answer for Alex, this time. Get the, you know what, Alex? Explain England. What the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with England? Is this England's fault, actually? Or is this, like, America? I'm Actually, maybe this is, is this our fault? Because we did make yeah, Transformers. Yeah, it's, it's produced by Paramount Home Entertainment, so I guess it's an American thing. But I choose to blame Alex because it's it's, like, a gag at this point. And, like... Uh, it's what I do every episode. <laughs> it's just <laughs> Bendy Bus's prime. Just... Oh, Bendy Bus Prime's place in Transformers canon is questionable. He was created by an official Transformers licensor, but it is unknown whether Hasbro gave any kind of approval. Also, <laughs> really, so he may be a knockoff. Wow. Okay. And finally, Bendy okay. Bus Prime was won by Craig Ryan, a casino worker from Yorkshire. He had difficulty putting it together, and what should be a 13 feet tall and 11 foot wide Space Age Marvel is currently sitting in bits and pieces at a storage depot in Leeds. Uh, Leeds! That's oh. where Alex lives! He could steal Bendy Bus Prime! Oh, okay, Alex, you know, we, we, we're going to task you with performing the greatest heist. <laughs> like, like this is going to be an Ocean's Eleven style heist, where Alex needs to recruit a whole bunch of... Um, I don't know, like the the best minds of British crime, you know, like Professor Moriarty and um, 
uh, Crippen and, and um, the probably other British um, criminals, right? Um, uh, Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins. Arnold, <laughs> famous British criminal, Arnold Rimmer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Postman Pat, <laughs> Budgie the Little Helicopter. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Dennis the Menace, Dennis of course, the from the Beano. <laughs> Got him. He's the bruiser of the, you know. So he's gonna gotta have him. Former Duchess um, Sarah okay, Ferguson. So here, yeah, exactly. Got for the uh, uh, great, the greatest British criminal of all, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, gosh, and <laughs> and um, uh, of course, um, Winston Churchill. <laughs> Assemble, yes. Assemble them all and assemble Bendy Bus Prime. And the best part is, you don't even have to assemble him into the robot mode. Assemble him into the bus mode and you can all get away! Oh, that's right. He is He's the getaway yes. car. Okay, so here's how it is. Okay, so... so um, you're, you got, uh, you got Dennis the Menace. He's the bruiser. You got, um, uh, Sarah, uh, Fergie, who's going to be the brains. Uh, you got, uh, Winston Churchill. He's the, uh, demolitions expert. Um, uh, who else was in this, in this thing? Um, Moriarty as, um, uh, he's the martial he, artist. He's going to be the, he's a martial <laughs> yes. artist. Yeah, exactly. And then, and JK Rowling is the Judas who betrays them all. Oh, that's right. Oh, this is a great film. You know what? We gotta, we gotta get back on Mike, uh, Mike, Mike's podcast with uh, why is this not a movie? The taking of Bendy like, Bus Prime. Mike, it's like we got this great movie idea. Okay, you really, first of all, you have to understand. Like, it's gonna sound kind of insane, but first, watch Garfield gets real, and then it won't seem so crazy. It'll seem pretty normal. <laughs> Okay, so here's how it goes. First of all, it's like, okay, just imagine imagine this scene, right? Okay, okay this is the like the first scene in, in the Bendy Bot heist. All right. <laughs> it's it's uh, like Winston Churchill is working like in a garage. You know, he's like like fixing a car, right? <laughs> and Alex and Alex shows up and he's all like, Hey, I need you to come back for one last heist. Because you're the best there is. And Winston Churchill is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going straight this time. I just got out of jail. I'm going straight. And then uh, and Alex is like, no, we, you, you're the best there is. We can't do this without you. And Winston Churchill is like, every time I get out, they pull me back in. And that's when Alex opens you up like a, a aluminum briefcase that's full of American money. And he's like, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just says on it, American money. <laughs> That's that's worth like um that's like worth a hundred British monies, <laughs> and especially now, one hundred American monies in in cash. <laughs> <laughs> man, where do you think so? Ben, so okay, man, and just imagine that uh, Craig, uh, what was his Craig name? Ryan, Craig Ryan, yes. Craig Ryan. So Craig Ryan's house, of course, is patrolled by like, you know, probably like armed guards. And he's got those like, I, those, I mean, he's a those casino red worker, lasers. So yeah, he might, oh. <laughs> he might be oh, the guard. Oh my God. It's, he, it, this is exactly like Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> it's, they're going to rob the casino to get Bendy Pot. Optimus is Eleven. <laughs> Optimus is Eleven. Oh my, no, this is so good. This writes itself. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Man, once again, what? Well, once again, we're coming up with the great ideas. And, uh, man, you know what? what? I'm you just know, afraid uh, that when we come up with these great ideas, when we actually put them into practice, it's going to end up look like something like Garfield gets real. You know what's <laughs> happening right now? We are coming up with these ideas. So in an alternate dimension, they're being, like, filmed on a big screen and instantly broadcast into comic books. And uh, they'll be sold back to us. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait for that comic. I want to read the, the taking of Bendy Bus Prime. <laughs> oh, sorry, Bendy Bus. I was calling him Bendy Box. <laughs> okay, so now that we have completely derailed <laughs> from Garfield. Because buses are back, not on rails. <laughs> that's true. That's true. See, it's thematic. Um, I guess we should actually tell people how does Garfield get back? to the, the comic world in this, car, in this concertina. Yes, they build um, a giant... Uh, yeah, they build a giant accordion on wheels that they intend to crash through the screen and rescue Garfield. And, you know, the thing is, you know, that is depressurizing the cabin, so to speak. So if it happens, everything's going to go flying and they'll have to rescue a lot more people besides Garfield. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wasn't entirely clear on why this would solve the problem as opposed to just somehow pull it. But, I mean, I guess they... But then those special tape dudes show up and they yeah, repressurize, they, Yeah, the, the little video game enemies. Just, where did they come from? Did we ever see them before? I don't remember. I, I really feel like we did not. Uh, I feel like that was the first time we've seen them in the whole thing. This movie, it just makes shit up on the fly. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we always, you know, we bemoan how everything is created by the by the algorithm now that everything has has to be, you know, save the cat. But I, and this is a, literally a movie about saving a cat and it makes no sense. <laughs> it's kind of beautiful in its insanity. It is, but, yeah. um, but I mean, I'm, did you read about its theatrical release? This was in theaters? In Turkey. And only in Turkey. Why did Turkey be like, nope, we gotta have this movie? Wait a second. I have a question. Um, Do you recall recall a restaurant called Garfield Eats? Yes. Was that in Turkey? I don't believe so. But but Turkey is the Middle East, isn't it? So... Is... The Middle East has such a strange relationship with Garfield. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm looking up. I'm, I'm really. I'm, I'm. Are we sure that Garfield eats is not from Turkey? Uh, let's. Uh, I, oh wait. I'm looking up. I'm sorry. I'm looking up locations. Um, oh. Oh. Okay. Never mind. It's Dubai. Yeah. Wait a second. I believe there Shouldn't... was in fact one in Abu Dhabi. Okay, good. I was gonna say <laughs> that would uh, come on. That that's that's a gimme. Um, no, apparently the locations it says Dubai or current locations: Dubai, uh, Toronto, London in Canada, London in England, and Dublin. Dublin. Dublin in England, or I mean Dublin in Ireland. Uh, Dublin in okay. Ireland. Dublin. I think there's a Dublin yeah. in Canada too. But oh wow. Hmm. Interesting. Well, there's Dublin in America. I know that. Oh, much. they're really doubling um, up on names. No. <laughs> oh man. Oh, hey, they have lasagna. 
Well, I would hope so. Would you? So not just um, coffee. Not just coffee. Actually, Ethan, there are three different lasagnas you can get at Garfield Eats. You could get the big cow. The big cow. You could get, which is not elaborated on in the Garfield wiki, so I don't know what's on the big cow. I assume it's a beef. I would lasagna. hope so. Maybe it's There's milk. the big, the be- big epinardo. Spinach. That's spinach. Okay, so that's a vegetable yes. lasagna. There's a final one, which is the big agna. And this one is described. It's a shish kebab chicken lasagna with bechamel sauce, lemon thyme, oregano, and the Garfield Eat sauce. That sounds awesome. I want to make that. That does, actually. Um, that is, uh, I want to know what the Garfield Eats sauce is, though. What is the secret sauce at Garfield Eats? I, I, oh, God. I visualized it, and I saw an orange sauce with stripes. <laughs> oh, would you like to know the different pizzas you can get at Garfield oh, Eats? what are the different pizzas? All right. <clears throat> There's the Garfield Garita. <laughs> Garfield Garita? Garfield Garita. Yes. I... Uh, it, uh, it is a margarita pizza shaped like Garfield. Oh, head. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> margarita. All right. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Because um, here in America we call that a cheese pizza. <laughs> well, no, a margarita has uh, tomato and uh, and basil on it too. So. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, I didn't uh, know that. I thought it was. I actually thought it was the same. Okay, thing. Okay, here's so. a little bit of actual information for you to clear out all the nonsense we put in your head. Pizza was in fact invented as a gift for Queen Margarita, and the Margarita Pizza was the first one because it has white mozzarella cheese, green basil, and red tomatoes for the colors of the Italian flag. This is true. Huh. Wow. That's that's interesting. Also kind of funny if you're the queen of Italy and they're like, we have a gift for you. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's this like bread with like some sauce and cheese on it. It's like, OK, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, pizza is delicious. So, I mean, she was probably like, what? I'm a queen. And she tried it and she was Calibonga, like, dude! <laughs> yeah, she was. <laughs> and she was like, ah, that's a motto for you, because that's what Italians say. That's Italian okay. for Bunga. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, actually. That's true. Um, look it up, kids. Okay, there's some other pizzas here. There's the Giardino. Oh, God, does it give you is, Giardia? Um, <laughs> Probably if you got it delivered. It's broccoli, <laughs> it's broccoli and avocado with tomato and vegetable sauce. That is an odd combination for a veggie pizza. That is odd. I don't know what vegetable sauce is. Um, I mean, broccoli I've pizza, never... that is, I mean, that was a plot point about how awful that is in in Inside Out. So, Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that actually existing in America. Um, uh, that, that sounds like a thing they would do in Japan, to be honest. Oh, boy. Have you seen what they put on pizza in Japan? I, I'm curious. I have to. Um, I only know it from Dave Barry. And he mentioned corn. Yes, corn and mayonnaise. It's not complete without corn. Ooh. And not like gobs of best foods. They use QP mayonnaise, which has oh, which no. has a ton of like uh of MSG in it. And uh and what they do is they just they twizzle it all over the place like chocolate syrup, but they don't like, you know, just put it in scoops. Wait a second. So do they have like regular pizza sauce and then they put the mayonnaise yeah, on the top pan- of that? Yeah, the mayonnaise is on top of the pizza, like ranch dressing. Huh. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. 
okay. Or you know what? It sounds, it sounds weird, but, but um, maybe it would work. I mean, I've I've had weirder. So, um, man. Okay, a <clears throat> uh, few more pizzas here. There's the is a rib. Is a rib. But does it have uh, ribs on it? Is a rib. Rib steak with vegetables. Rib steak with vegetables. Rib steak. Yeah. I am imagining yes. the rib barbecue on a bun that they used to serve at uh, at the uh, school cafeteria, or mm. which is essentially the McRib. So. Oh yeah, a McRib yeah. pizza. Yeah, I'm down with I'd that. be down with that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, there's the Garfield Indiano. Uh, curry? Uh, sort of. It is an Indian-themed pizza. It has cheese, milk, <laughs> uh, 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 okay, milk? tikka masala sauces. I guess they just pour milk I, on I, it? I, I, um, that, that is kind of like the opposite of Indian. Um, yeah, that's, that's weird. They do also have tikka masala sauces and mild Indian spices though. So I guess that's, I guess, I guess I, I don't, I don't know. Milk on your um, pizza. But then again, I had deep fried Pepsi once. You know, I wonder because I remember reading interesting thing about the Middle East and, and not and like Kuwait. I think it was, I think it was Kuwait specifically, but the Middle East in general, where there is a, a mania for American food. They're like, they love like, oh, American food. Things are advertised as American style, but they just kind of mix and match random American things. <laughs> so it's, it's basically becomes all like fair food. <laughs> you know, it's all like the things that we eat here once a year as a novelty. And they think that we eat all the time. So they'll have like, you know, like cheeseburger pizza, deep fried Oreos, you know? And I feel like this might be their attempt at like doing the same thing with Indian food. Mm. <clears throat> um, there's also shish chicken, mm. which is um, shish kebab with lemon, thyme, oregano, olive, onions, and vegetables, which also, you know, sounds pretty good to sounds be honest. Awesome. Um, and Garfield Peroni, which is pepperoni sausages and red onions, which is pretty normal. Garfield Peroni. That is a terrible, uh, portmanteau. That is not good. Um, oh, all the aforementioned pizzas contain the Garfield Eats sauce, which is described as the company's secret. Oh, we'll never know. They, I, they just put a big, like, uh, a, a big, uh, bin under Odie's tongue. <laughs> I was going to say, well, you know what we do in these situations on special presentation? We quote the Simpsons. We need more special sauce. Put this mayonnaise out in the sun. <laughs> hey, that's my line. That's my bit. <coughs> Gee, Venice. Uh, oh, wait, wait a second. No, okay, but Ethan, after you've had a, a delicious Garfield um, <laughs> Garfield pepperoni, Garfield Peroni. Sorry, you know you might you might enjoy a nice uh, a nice after dinner cup of uh, Garfacino. Garfacino. Uh, yes, it's so they do have coffee. Okay, it does. It comes in five flavors: uh, orange peel, mm. honey and chocolate, mm. pumpkin, peppermint, and dark chocolate. Uh, yum, yum. Oh God, no. Yum and eh. not a fan of dark chocolate. Never have been. No, mm, no fair. Um, yeah, those all sound pretty good to me. I also, but I also like yeah. pumpkin. So, but 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 wait, but wait for it. The best part is yet to come, oh. because the What's cup, the, the beverage, 
Oh, well, listen. The cup that the beverage was contained in has a comic on its side. Uh, that's it? Yeah. Oh, boy! <laughs> is it, an, is it um, an original comic? Do you get, like, an old Garfield drawn by Jim Davis with every... every? Oh, you know, it does not say. And is it printed on the actual cup, or is it on, like, that coffee sleeve? Oh, you know, I don't know. Um, I assume it was printed on the mm. cup, but it might just be on the sleeve. Um, okay, let's see. what For dessert, we could have a chocolate bar, which is dark chocolate candy bar, the shape of Garfield's head. <laughs> they, they, they serve candy bars at a restaurant? I... <laughs> Apparently so. Candy bars that Garfield I mean, eats. I, can, I mean, I can't point fingers because once I went to, uh, what's that place called? Uh, oh, TGI Friday's. And I, I wanted dessert and I got like this, this Oreo ice cream sandwich bar that they had, that I recognized immediately as the exact same kind that we sold at the store in packs of four for $4. And they had quartered it and dusted it with Oreo crumbs and added, uh, added chocolate syrup and whipped cream. And so that was like, you know, $12, please. Wow. Uh... Well, capitalism. <laughs> now I want to try doing that with like a, a popsicle or something and see what happens. You probably we chop get away up with the popsicle it. for you, and you now you eat it with a. <laughs> <laughs> now it's fancy. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's also something for the children though here at Garfield Eats. What would children want about a Garfield Eats? Honestly, <laughs> you would you wouldn't think that kids would have any interest in Garfield, right? No, I mean, it's what, Garfield's not a TikTok. Why would they want that? Oh. Well, you could get purchase a kitty kid meal. Kit, kitty kid meal. Um, and this is a dinner meal aimed at the younger audience. The meals include lasagna or midi pizza as the main dish, fries as a side, and orange juice as a drink. Fries can also be purchased as a main oh, dish. Well, as a main dish for the kitty meal? <laughs> If your kid just wants yes. fries, I, I guess. Presumably with, presumably still with fries as the side. For, well, so, you know, some kids have real food issues. So. I mean, you know, I, I, I certainly enjoy some fries. I, I, I will say that, like, um, you know, we make fun of Garfield Eats um, because. We care. <laughs> because we care. Uh, we're doing a we're doing a real deep dive. This is you know you don't get this sort of content from Thought Slime. <laughs> Come here. Well, he we're, well he liked my Garfield GIF. So <laughs> okay, all right, okay, he's good yes. now. Well, like, well, like you know what? That's right. He's a he's a mensch. All right. Well, uh, since since uh, since he's been uh, since he's he obviously has good taste. <laughs> he liked my GIF that I made where Garfield's. Yeah, uh, in the first strip where his weird nose and mouth are sort of, sort of protruding out of his muzzle, I edited it and made a gift so the so his nose and mouth were opening and closing like the beak of a Furby. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, I noticed when you when you go viral, it's very often for like weird hinge jaws type stuff. Yeah, I should really. I guess I should lean into that, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you should just. Be the, it's like it's like you're the weird mouth guy Fucked now. Up weird mouth body horror. That's my shtick. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, Garfield. Oh, um, 
we're we're um we're coming up on on uh, halfway through hour two of Garfield. <laughs> um, and, and we're okay. So I guess we should finish. What what's what's up with our Gar? What what is up with Garfield? Back in Garfield gets back real. Back in Garfield gets real. Uh, Garfield is is uh, addressing the newspaper, talking to his friends to to help them uh, help them plan out this uh, this device that's going to rescue him, which he which Wally has named the Bonita Mobile because it has an enormous scythe blade on its front that looks just like Bonita's nose. <laughs> yeah. And so while and while Garfield is awaiting all of this, uh his friends his friends are like, well I need I need volunteers. Who's gonna help me rescue Garfield? Wally is the first volunteer. John is the second. Arlene is the third, but then Buddy Bear immediately pushes her aside, being like, You're gonna need some muscle. And it's like, I felt I, I don't like that part. No. I, I thought that this was building to something, like in the end Arlene would have to um, I thought that too. Know, do something, but she doesn't. She um it was very weird. Um especially considering it's like, no, no, let's let's not have the established Garfield character do something. Let's have this guy this bear. Yeah, this random bear and Wally who I like, but still who? Yeah. Um so Wally, the bear, and John go through the portal to try and save yes. Garfield. Oh, by the way, Hale and Hardy have set the Muncie Hotel on fire. Did we mention that? No, we didn't. So yeah, there's a big fire going on. Hale and Hardy are now in the process of murdering Garfield and, um, and Odie and Shecky. Shecky. Yeah. Shecky is still around. Um, God, he kind of, did he play? He kind of, we, we, the way we talk, we haven't talked much about him, but I think we're kind of refusing to talk about yeah, he's Shecky. He's just not that interesting. And they're, they're, they're really just like, uh, you know, the kids are going to love this Shecky. We're going to make him a regular character on, in Garfield now. As, uh, I don't know. Shecky is right up there with, uh, with, uh, Homer's pet pig and that, uh, maybe you expect him to come back, but he's not. I actually was thinking it would be funnier or maybe uh, more interesting if when Garfield went, because in the end, uh, spoilers, Shecky does end up going into the comic world and apparently living there um, and being a regular in Garfield, according to this. Um, I thought it would be more interesting if when Garfield went to the real world, he met some real cat who was a regular in Garfield and brought them back. And it was just established that like if normal was an actual cat in the real world <laughs> that he just brought back. With that would have been, you know, that would be odd, but yeah, I like that. But then there's, there's not that many regular cats in Garfield. There's Arlene. And then there's normal. This would be an interesting yeah. origin for meeting Arlene, but I don't know. That's true. Yeah. If she had been like the, the sexy cat that he met instead of, she yeah, I, I, man, I, I keep trying to pick apart the original script. What were they trying to do with this movie that they failed to do? You know, I mean, I really feel like uh, there's there's a very similar vibe to that one about the cats, the, the, the animals all talking. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like this was Jim Davis making a last crack at that idea. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Anyway, so... Uh, John and all of them, they go to rescue. They end up like, they end up kind of like, uh, riding around the hotel in like a mining car. Yeah. You know, like one of those little, you know, one of those little carts they have on like mine. Yeah. They have a cart that 
you know, is used in hotels to uh, transport luggage. But yeah, it's it is a very it is a very basic video game level minecart chase. But then Odie keeps running back for that stupid bone, and he gets them in more and more trouble until they end up swinging from the chandelier with Odie and Garfield hanging on and everyone in the luggage cart hanging onto Garfield's foot until they finally all fall off and go careening out the door. Yeah. And then, uh, do they, they go into, wait, do they, they just go into the newspaper? Yeah, right? they get, they go into yeah, the... they go directly into the, uh, Bonita mobile and, uh, get, uh, and get pulled back in and, you know, I was expecting it to you the Bonita Mobile to use the claw like it did, like the accordion did to steal the cookie, but it didn't. Yeah, he doesn't really actually. When you think about it, he didn't invent anything. Yeah. He just made just sort of a telescoping tunnel. Yeah, I mean, he literally made a reptile bus. <laughs> that's that's it. Um, obviously, he, he. What if they? What if they use Bendy Bus <laughs> to like save them? What if Bendy Bus? What if Bendy Bus Prime showed up? Was like, I will save you, Garfield. He's like, Oh, I'll save you, Garfield. No, I can't even. I forgot how to do a British voice. <laughs> Let me try again. Wait, Governor, I'll save you, Garfield. <laughs> no, wait, that's not. Fucking a! How was I doing it? I was doing it so well before, too. <laughs> there you go. Speak it all. Oh man, I, I can see why you're so excited for uh, for Rift Tracks. Because <laughs> you like Gumby so much. <laughs> oh, roasted. <laughs> that really because it's okay. true. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, so we get, uh, so they come back through the bus, right? right? And then Shecky comes back too. Yeah, Shecky and... comes back with them and... Uh... Arlene goes over to hug Garfield and then slaps the shit out of him for escaping in the first place. And then she kisses him. Yeah. I think she's also mad because he was kind of like, he was kind of vaguely like horny for, for Sheila briefly. Yeah, I think it was more just Sheila being attracted to him. And oh, know, she okay, was like, you're so. kind of cute. And it's like, if you say <laughs> so. And, and I was kind of like, you know, wow, is Garfield going to date within his weight class? But no. Oh, well, you know, well, you know, I mean, just, you know, um, I wonder. So if this only had a theatrical release in Turkey, how much fan art does there exist of Sheila, do you think? <laughs> in, tur in Turkey? Uh, well, let's look. Garfield all the fan Sheila. art is going to be extremely Turkish, by which I mean it's going to be kind of a. Uh, uh, washed out, um, kind of like red tinted, just like all Turkish films. And, um, yeah, that's all I know about Turkey. Oh. Oh, here's a woman named Sheila from the Garfield show. Oh my God. Sheila turned human. Why, what'd she look like? What? Really? <laughs> well, it's probably just the other woman whose name happens to be Sheila. Oh. Oh, I am, you know. I'm not seeing anything. No. Oh, well. Here's a... No, I'm not finding anything here, but I did find a picture of what happens when John has uh, has the Duke as a guest in his home. What? I see this. Gotta... 
The Duke, you say? Oh, my God. I got to see the Duke. Oh, yeah. He's like, ah, Mr. Arbuckle. It's good to see you. I've got so much. Uh, so I've got new wear since last we met. I can't do a very good Duke voice either. I think we, we step. Oh, sorry, say it. No, I was going to just say, uh, ah, finally, the cat meat I've been waiting for. We'll have a feast. Oh, dude, that's pretty good. <laughs> I we established last week that all, the only voice I can do is the Grimace voice. <laughs> so I don't know why I've been trying to do all these stupid British voices this week. What a fool I am. But you know what I did find? Check this out. It's it's the cast of Garfield um, Gets Real, drawn Jim Davis style. Oh, wow. Hey, that's... That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, I wonder if he drew them himself. Yeah, unfortunately, it's only the comics world cast, so we don't get to see Sheila or um, or Shecky. Yeah, they yeah they all look pretty or, good. They they got they got they got Betty's rack. They got uh, yeah. <laughs> they got Wally's complete lack of any features, and you know, Benita really does look like a scythe. That is so weird. She's. <laughs> She's yeah. like the scythe that uh, sings in uh, in uh, Swing You Sinners. <laughs> we'll amputate your vododio and tie your bones in a knot. Skidipidipow! Skidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidipidip
Well, kind of like drawing a comic strip. Everyone thinks that, hey, I, I've got a great idea for a comic strip, but it's not that easy. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, since Shecky thought they were crazy, like, it seemed like Shecky and, and Sheila and Waldo didn't believe that the, this was possible, that there was an alternate comic world they can go into, you know? So you would think they'd be a little more surprised. You know, I mean, honestly, I would think they'd be a little more horrified because when I see this, it just makes me think of that bit in The Witches where that kid gets trapped in the painting, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, but, you know, they seem to be pretty okay with it. It's... And, and then we kind of cut back to Garfield and friends and they're just having a dance party because it's a 2000s animated movie and that's how they all ended. Oh, yeah. And um, the lunch lady like is getting getting real horny. She's she's real. She's dancing with like this guy that we haven't seen before. Yeah, he's like the it, who was he anyway? I forget. <laughs> I don't think he had any role to play until this part. He was just some guy who just showed up there's a bunch of characters at this dance party who like i don't know like look like they were um i don't know they're they're they they're very they're very short people with huge chests very buff yeah. guys i'm not sure what their deal is um but i don't know um it i, I do not know this is a very strange movie it's it's a puzzling movie and i just don't it's like, how did it get made? Why did it get made? I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Jim Davis had a look at the uh, box office that the Bill Murray Garfield movie uh, made and was like, I could do that without Bill Murray, but I don't know if he can. We haven't seen um, that Bill Murray so movie yet, so we can't judge. <laughs> Oh, that's right. We're going to eventually we're going to have to. Do, well, I have seen the Bill Murray oh, movie, okay. actually. How would you compare it to Garfield um, Gets Real? You know what? Um, I would say Garfield Gets Real is is way better. Wow. But, all right. What or what I should say is if you're judging a film based on is this entertaining? You know, have have I if I'm going to waste time looking at something is it, do I, do I get entertainment value out of it? Then I would prefer something that is batshit insane to something that is just boring. You yeah, know? you're right. I mean, this was, you know, you never, never knew where it was going. And when it got to where it was going, it was invariably disappointing. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, just like, you know, like we said, the, some, you know, a movie that's unpredictable, you know, is a rare thing these days. It's, it's nice to have something where, you know, it completely subverts your expectations, although it's kind of disappointing compared to what your expectations probably were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is definitely the product of a singular mind. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the best thing you can say about it is that. You know, for better or for worse, this is Jim Henson. Jim Henson. Jim Day. <laughs> if only. God, can you imagine a oh Muppet version of Garfield? That would be perfect. That that would actually uh, kind of roll. I would uh, see. Uh, j j it's like uh, just just do it like um, 
when people used to tell their past with comic strips <laughs> and their present with comic strips, the best seat by the by the fire was saved for the cartoonist, and they just have Jim Davis, uh, like sitting there with like the animatronic like dog, uh, cat like Garfield is the yeah. dog, you know, that's usually Brian Henson. <laughs> Brian Henson would have been a good Garfield voice now that I think of it. Just yeah, he kind of would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that would have been way better than Frank Garfield. Yeah. Sorry, Frank. You know, we you know? love you, Frank, but I mean, I think at this point they wanted you for the name recognition rather than the actual performance. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they can't all be winners, yes. Frank. You know, you can't do. Look, I, I know, I know. For some reason, they think Frank Welker can do every voice, but he, he's, a, he is human. He is mortal. He, he can't do all. He cannot do Garfield. Yeah, he just, uh, he just sounds like. Fred from Scooby Doo with a, after a serious bender. Seriously, yeah. Like the closest, the nicest thing I can say is he might vaguely capture the way that Lorenzo Music did Tummy Gummy. Yeah, a little bit close, closer to Tummy Gummy than uh, Garfield. Definitely not. Yeah, or Ping Pong. But yeah, yeah. You know the 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 ones where like Lorenzo Music was 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 clearly like uh, like holding had, back. had consumed. <laughs> Yeah, the ones where he looked, he, it sounded like he had consumed a whole lot of cough syrup before <laughs> going into the recording studio. Hey, anyway, this isn't um, gummy berry so... juice. This is purple drank. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, you know, Ethan, you're actually really good at that. You're, you're a very good Garfield. <laughs> oh, anyway, so uh, anything else we should say about Garfield Gets Real? Uh... Oh, one more thing. I hated how his mouth moved. Oh, it barely moved yeah, at it, all. It barely moves, and when it does, it's like... A, I'm trying to th visualize it. It's like, imagine what it would look like from underneath if somebody was sort of dipping a balloon into water and the way the the way the ring of water would kind of shrink and grow around the roundness of the balloon. That was how Garfield's mouth mm. moved. It was, like, it was like somebody was sort of some sort of po poking their invisible finger into his mouth. Like he was a real cat that they were faking his move mouth moving with. <laughs> yeah. He moved a lot like the mouth. If you've ever seen uh, a talking cat with th <laughs> yeah. three exclamation marks, it's kind of like that. Yeah. You know, at least they didn't sometimes insert his, his mouth below the cat's actual lower lip, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. Credit words do. So also when he was, a quote-unquote real cat and he was walking on all fours he just looked like a frog and it felt like nobody had ever seen a cat before when they made this jim davis all like let disney go to africa and study the lions we don't need to do that shit this is a garfield movie i, I have a cat we could bring him in and no no it's like no the jim had jim sorry jim, <laughs> jim, jim davis like that would compromise my artistic integrity. It's like, he's like one of those furries. He's like, I can't look at any references. That would be copying. <laughs> do, do you think this movie was made with motion capture? Was there like a ping pong ball suit guy being Garfield? Oh, geez. That um, would probably, that's, that's really cheap. So it might be what that they would be. Oh, Hey, yeah. I, I actually just found Garfield gets real fan art. Oh, wow. Show me, show me. Here it is not. Um, uh, it is not Sheila though, no. or any of the other uh, characters that uh, we've only come to know and love through this one very particular motion picture. 
but it is an actual scene from from the film. It is uh, Garfield and Odie uh, dying in the fire <laughs> as Arlene watches them through the Panopticon. Holding that rose the whole time. Although by this point in the movie, she had actually put the rose through the uh, screen uh, to signal to Garfield that she was thinking yeah, of this, him. This makes... Yeah, her holding the rose and watching them on a screen, that makes it a lot more sinister. Like, she's like, yes, it's all coming together. <laughs> it's like, ah, my plan comes together. She's the actual, ma she's the criminal mastermind <laughs> behind the uh, the Optimus' uh, 11 yeah. heist. <laughs> she's been manipulating Jim Davis from the very start. That's why she never appeared oh. in the cartoon. <laughs> oh, she's, she's the true Geppetto. <laughs> She's the bloody-handed adversary. <laughs> <laughs> the eminence gree of uh, Jim Davis. Oh, all right. Well, I think since we've spoken for two hours, yeah. Garfield gets real. Okay, yeah. Next time we'll try and cut it a little shorter than this. You know, no, we won't. Get real. Get real.